we all have relationships in our life. Some of those relationships we choose and others are chosen for us. When our connections to others are good, it can be like heaven on earth. But when they turn toxic, it can turn our world upside down. As we try to navigate these relationships, it would be impossible to get along with everyone. Whether a family member, co-worker, neighbor, or person that serves you your morning coffee, our goal should always be to strive for harmony. But what do we do when you can't stand that person? Experiencing harmony in relationships is not out of reach. If we let God be God and look to the lessons of the Book of Romans, then we can collectively discover the art of holding someone we can't stand. Today we're starting a new series, The Art of Loving Someone That You Can't Stand. Let's be honest, whether it's at work, maybe in the family, maybe in the neighborhood, there are some people in our life that it's just a struggle trying to love. Come on, let's be honest, we're all in that same boat. We all have someone that maybe annoys us a little bit or whatever. Sometimes in life, we have to deal with difficult people. And can I just be honest too? Sometimes maybe we're the difficult people. Sometimes maybe you're the difficult person. I'll be honest with you, there's many times in my life when I, when I look at myself and I just realize I was the difficult person in that circumstance. Why did I act that way? Why did I do that? You know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be walking through Romans 12 to decipher the art of loving someone that we can't stand. This all begins with finding harmony. You know, at some point in our journey, in our relationships, we need to find harmony. You know, you musical buffs out there, harmony is a beautiful thing. When the different melodies just kind of line up, it makes beautiful sound. And the same is true in our relationships. You know, when people of different backgrounds and different understandings and different situations can understand how can we walk together and we can find harmony, it is a beautiful beautiful thing. We are God's work of art. We are. Every one of us. And here's the thing. Art is not a beautiful thing when we're all of the same like and all the same background. I mean, just think about it. If you went to the art studio and you saw a painting and it was just all green, I mean, would you think, boy, that's amazing? Probably not, right? But what makes art beautiful? The diversity within the picture, right? And the same is true in people. God made us all different, all unique, all with different personalities, all with different backgrounds, different life experiences. And we can either use those to break us apart or use those to bridge us together. You see, I believe God finds beauty in diversity. And that's what we need to do too. And it all starts with finding harmony. And you know, to begin, the, this journey begins in finding harmony with a very basic understanding. A question that I think we all need to ask ourselves. And that question is this. What do you believe is stronger, good or evil? Now, now hold on a second because I know many of you guys in your minds quickly answered that question. Said, Bill, yes, good is better. Good is, good is ultimately the best. I believe good is better than evil. Good is stronger. 
And we quickly jump to that conclusion within our own minds. But if we're honest with ourselves, we look at our actions and our actions speak differently. How we respond to people tend to tell us a different story. How we react to people when things don't go our our own way. I mean, watching YouTube and seeing different circumstances and different scenarios play out, especially in fast food lines, when people's orders don't come out the right way or they have to wait, oh my goodness, two minutes for their order to come out. And then all of a sudden you see a different person come out. Why? Because deep down we think evil wins if we can just get back at the other person, if we can just get even. You know, many times when we feel we are wronged, our initial response is to get even, is to jab back, is to attack. And when we do that, the fundamental within the fundamentals of within ourselves of who we are is saying that deep down we believe evil is better we believe evil wins and so somewhere within our own selves we need to transform our attitude to truly believe good always wins Good is always better than evil. The more you try to make it even, the more you try to get them back, the more damage you do to those around you and the more damage you do to your own self as well. You know, the Bible teaches us that good is better than evil. Good always wins. In fact, Jesus is the prime example of this. You know, last week we celebrated Easter, but one of the most greatest things about that story is Jesus going to the cross. And here was a man who was being tortured and beaten physically and emotionally more intense than we could have ever imagined within this own world. Yet here was a man at the lowest of lows, beaten so down by those around him, tortured so inhumanely, And yet he hung on that cross, and his words were, Father, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, Lord, because they don't know what they're doing. I don't know about you. I don't think I could ever be that bold. My flesh is so weak. When people knock me down, it's so quick within me to say, I want to get back. But yeah, look at Jesus and he says, Father, forgive them. You know, Stephen in the book of Acts, when he was being stoned to death, did the similar thing. Forgive them. He had a face of love. How do these people, how do these men have that ability? Because it's all ingrained within first. It's ingrained within us. We have to find the ability to truly believe, not just with our words, but with the very fabric of who we are, that good wins. Good always wins. You wanting to get even or get back only creates more damage for those around you and within your own heart. But allow me just to pause here for just a a moment to mention something. This does not make the assumption that if you are in an abusive relationship, that you should stay within that relationship. Can I just be very frank with with you right now? 
because I feel like I'm speaking to somebody within this room or someone watching right now. It is not okay to be abused emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And if you are in a situation where you are being beaten down, where you are being abused, it is not okay. You deserve better. And I'm giving you permission to get out of that. And if you need support, you can privately message us and we will be there to help you, to love you, and to care for you. Because that situation is okay. Doing good has nothing to do with staying in an abusive relationship. Nothing at all. But getting back to this message, to find harmony, it's all about our response. How we respond matters. How we respond is what makes a difference. We cannot control how pe other people act. We cannot control how other people respond. So stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about how other people are going to respond to you. Stop worrying about how other people are going to act. You have no bearing on that. That's not on your hands. What's on your hands is how you respond, how you react, how you act around other people. You have full control over your own actions. You have full control over how you respond to things. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 14. He writes, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Paul says here to bless those who wrongs you. This means to do good. And to do good means that other people are the recipient of my actions and are the benefits of my actions, whether it's directly to them or indirectly when they are not present, when they are not nowhere around me. You know, many people will say, well, Bill, I just cannot. If you only knew, if you only knew what was going on, if you only knew who they were, what they did to me. Can I just tell you, trust me. I get it. I get it. I completely understand when those words hurt. I completely understand when someone says nice things to your face but throws darts from a distance. I completely understand when someone you thought was by your side completely knocks you down. I understand what it, what it feels like to be completely hurt. And can I also tell you, I get and I completely understand the deeper damage when I try to get even, when I try to get back at them, and the wake of that brokenness that I create. You know, because the biggest impact of doing good versus evil, do you know what the biggest impact is? It's within your own heart. It's within your own heart. The biggest impact is here. Because the more you try to get even, the more negativity you try to, to do to others, it just builds more negativity within your own heart. And before you know it, you're actually hurting yourself more than anything else. You just constantly beat yourself down. And when we choose to not bless what, what then happens is the negativity and the evil just brews up within us. It's, it's almost like a stink bomb. You know, you guys have dealt with stink bombs before, maybe. But they start off small. They just fester and they fester and then before they know it, they stink up the whole room and the whole room is cleared. 
And the same is true within us. We are walking around like stink bombs. Not, not like physically, I'm telling you. None of you guys smell, I promise. But who we are as people, sometimes because we choose evil over good responses, we allow the negativity to brew within us. And before we know it, our attitude is like a stink bomb that just clears the room. And we wonder, what's going on? What's going on all around me? You know, choosing to do good always wins. And it heals our hearts. And finding harmony in our relationship and the art of difficult people, it's a journey. It is a journey. And it all starts here. You know what the first step is? The first step in finding harmony is to manage your mouth. This is the hard part of the journey, but it's the beginning part. We have to control our mouth and what comes out of it. Our mouth is where it all begins. This isn't in your notes, but James chapter 3 is such a great write-up about the reality of our mouths. Your mouth matters. You have to have the ability, as James writes, to tame your tongue. In fact, our tongue is like a small spark that can set ablaze a forest fire and wipe it all out. I mean, did you guys catch the news the other night? What happened at Ohio Pile State Park? I mean, unbelievable what one small little spark can do in 200 yards at least of forest is gone. Why? Because it lost control. We see forest fires all the time that started with just a spark and destroyed a territory. And the same is true with our mouths. If we are not careful, our mouth can create a forest fire within our relationships. And what was once a minor issue becomes full-blown and tears relationships apart. All because we could not manage our mouth. James writes that our tongue has the ability to corrupt the whole body, to set the whole course of our life on fire. Are you managing your mouth well? You're going back to Paul. He wrote in Romans 12 to bless and do not curse. This is what we say to the person that, that is in front of us or behind our backs. What we say matters. You know, we may never say something to their face. But I feel, unfortunately, in our society, we've become so good throwing darts from a distance whether it's behind their backs to other people or within the world of social media, we've done really good, we've become really good at throwing darts at people. And we just beat people down with our words. And in our world, this has become a serious problem. We can't become dart throwers from a distance. And sometimes we say things indirectly, allowing other people to insinuate some things and allow for their own interpretation to take place. But our job is always to build other people up, not to tear them down, not to give other people an opportunity to beat them down. You know, listen, people will create their own consequences. You don't have to worry about that. People will make their own beds. People will create their own situations in their own life. If they're making bad choices, if they're responding not well, don't worry. The Bible is true. 
Their evil will find them out. But don't you be the one who passes on evil. We always need to choose to do good. Remember, we're responsible for how we react. With every dart you throw in another, is another building block of neg- negativity within your own heart. And here's the crazy thing. With everything you, we do, with every dart we throw with our words, it creates collateral damage. There are people watching you. There are people who you are creating damage in their life because of the words you use. Because of how you're choosing to respond. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's your spouse or your neighbors who see what's going on. You know, with every collision, there's collateral damage. There always is. And the same is true in relationships. Every choice we make in our relationships has collateral damage. Whether it's good or bad, what you do matters. It matters. It makes a difference. You might not be able to see it initially, but over time it builds and it builds and it builds. What you do matters. It makes a difference. How you respond and the words you choose to use affects so many more than just you and the person you're trying to knock down. It affects everyone around you in more ways than you could ever comprehend. But as followers, followers of Jesus, it is never our mission to knock others down. We are to be focused on building others up. That's what the Bible calls us to do. Throughout the New Testament, we are guided over and over again. Our role is to encourage. Our role is to build others up all the time. If there's people who are doing wrong, you let God deal with it. You build up. You choose to do good. Do not be a person who tries to get back. And if you want to win the battle, we need to understand that managing your mouth is achieved by managing your heart. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to stop saying that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's like if I gave you a glass of water and put some salt in it, would you drink it? I mean, would it be the glass of water you're hoping for? But if I poured some of that water out, that salt would still be saturated through that whole water, right? But in order to completely clean it out, you need to pour fresh water in to push all the the unhealthy water out. And the same is true within our own heart. You can't just will yourself out of it. You can't just, in your mind, say, I'm going to stop doing it. You are, what comes out of you is what is within you. Everything begins internally. Whatever is within us is what comes out of you. Jesus put it this way in Luke 6.45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is within you ultimately is what comes out of you. This is about our root system. What we are rooted in becomes the fruit we bear. I mean, look at any plant out there. Look at any tree. The product of its fruit is all about its root. A healthy root creates solid fruit. Unhealthy roots creates unhealthy fruit. 
destroyed fruit. And the same is true with us. What we are rooted in develops the fruit of our lives, our words, our actions, how we respond. And Jesus is pretty clear. The fruit of your actions, your words, and how you respond is in direct correlation with what is already within your own heart. And what is within your heart is directly correlated with what you are rooted in. So, so be honest with yourself right now. What are you rooted in? What has your attention? What has your heart? You know, to help answer this question, we need to ask ourselves, what, cons- what consumes my time? What consumes my focus? I mean, do I hang out with Jesus? Am I ever in his word? Am I ever praying? Or is my day so focused on every other thing and every other hobby that that's really what I'm rooted in? And so ultimately, my fruit of my life does not reflect Jesus. If you want your fruit of your life, your words, how you respond to reflect the fruit of Jesus then you need to be rooted in him. It's so hard to say, well, I'm trying, when we're not spending any time investing in our relationship with him. This is why here at Impact, we feel it is such a core, important value to be investing in our relationship with Jesus. Life is all about returns. What we invest into is what we get a return for. And if you are not investing in your relationship with Jesus, you cannot expect to get any return in who you are. The more we invest in Jesus, the more we hang out with him, the more you will see the fruit in your life. Why? Because God's spirit begins to work within you. But if you're not investing in him and you're investing in other things, your hobbies, your, your interests, your, your job, other things that may be good, but not, might not be best. I mean, be honest. How often are you investing in Jesus? Because it will make a difference with the fruit of who you are. Let's move on. From there, the next step in finding harmony is to practice empathy. Is to practice empathy. Empathy is to walk in that person's shoes to understand their world, to put ourselves in their place and their position, to try to fully understand who they are. I feel too often we make assumptions about other people based on our experiences. And so often we don't fully understand their experiences and who they are as a people. You know, many years ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to go to Mexico for, to an all-exclusive, all uh, all-inclusive resort It was beautiful. It was awesome. We loved it. It was a great time. The place was amazing. It was the good life. But something was really struggling with me that whole week. Because just outside those walls of that resort were people living in complete poverty. Were people in complete brokenness, just trying to get by every single day. I got to be honest with you, that week, it just kind of messed with my head all week long. It it was amazing to me how a few hundred yards from where I was sitting and enjoying the good life was people who were struggling with life. You know, 
We walk by that every single day. Every single day. Just different circumstances. Just different circumstances. So often in life, it's so hard to see people's experiences, to see other people's reality, because we're so caught up in ourselves. We're so caught up in what we're trying to do, what we think life is, because we think life is all based upon our experiences. And so often we view life in a box, and that box is what we know from our life experiences. And it's just amazing how right in the other cube can be a person with completely different life experiences, a completely different background, a completely different understanding, a completely different set of lens. But yet we never take the time to truly empathize, to see who they are, to see the world through their eyes, rather than trying to adjust them to understand the world through our eyes. At some point, we need to develop the skill of of empathy. Even those people we work with, who we see every day, we need to see their life through their eyes. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Romans 12, verse 15. He wrote, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. This, my friends, is empathy. Do you rejoice with others? Do you mourn with others? Do you, do you have an emotional connection sometimes with other people that have different experiences than you? How often have you been in a conversation that just seemed one-sided? You know, have you ever been there? Where it's like the other person's talking about their life, talking about their life, talking about their life, talking about what's going on in their world. And then all of a sudden you have an opportunity. They, they actually took a breath. And it's time for you to share. Maybe they even asked a question. And then you see their eyes. And instantly you realize they've drifted. They're not listening to me. In fact, you even stop mid-sentence and you quit your story and they don't even know. Have you been there? I've been there. And sometimes I'm that person too. I get so distracted sometimes. It doesn't feel good, does it? You know, so often we tune out other people. You know, empathy is the ability and a skill that we need to have to harvest the ability to love others. It is almost impossible to fully love other people if we're not practicing empathy. And you know what empathy begins with? Actively listening. Actively listening. Be willing to walk in their shoes. Understand their world. Just listen. You, your eyes may be opened up. I never knew that was like that. And we just live in two different neighborhoods, 20 minutes apart. That's crazy. You'll never be, you'll be amazed when you just practice empathy, when you just listen and you find the ability to walk in their shoes, understand their world. It may open up your heart to understand the issues a little bit more. The final step in finding harmony is to practice humility. Jesus was the perfect example of humility. Humility is reflected in the ability to serve and sacrifice for other people. 
My life should not be about who I can get to serve me. My life should always be about who am I serving? Who am I loving? What am I sacrificing for? Sacrifice basically means I am willing to give up my wants and maybe even what is best for me for what's best for other people. And so often we are so focused in our society about our rights. We demand our rights. So much so that we're more focused on what's best for me than those around me. And my friends, that is not walking in humility in the example of Jesus. Jesus walked in humility in the way that said, I am willing to give up what I want. I am willing to give up what may even be best for me. What's best for others around me. You know, I try to practice this all the time in my home. You know, so often what's best for me are the shows that I want to watch. I want the remote. But if I truly care about my wife, I will give up that remote and let her turn on HDTV. And then I wait for her to fall asleep, and the moment she's out, I get that remote back. But in all seriousness, in life... Stop being so focused on what you feel you deserve. Let's strive to walk in humility like Jesus. Being willing to say, you know what? This might be best for me, but I want to do what's best for you. That's walking in humility in the example of Christ. Paul put it this way in Romans 12, verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. You know, my friends, pride is the destroyer of humility. Pride often causes us to separate ourselves from others, thinking that we are better. And we may not say it, but it's so often revealed in the way that we treat people. So I'm just here to tell you, if you are walking around as a prideful person, it's time to get over yourself None of us are as great as we think we are. Let's love other people. Like Jesus, let's humble ourselves, lower our status to love other people, to love them where they are at. Humility, my friends, is key. This where we are, it's how we respond to people. It's how we react to people. It makes a difference. And this all begins... It all begins when we invest in our relationship with Jesus. What you invest in is the returns you find in your life, is the fruit you will see. And can I can encourage you in anything this morning. You want to find the best relationships in your life, even those that seem broken? It all begins with your willingness to invest in your relationship with Jesus. If you're not doing that, that's the primary problem. That is the primary problem right there. Don't worry. Don't try to bend over backwards worrying about how they respond. You focus on you. You focus on doing good. You focus on investing in your relationship. And here at Impact, we have some great resources to help you personally invest in your relationship with Jesus. There's the version Bible app. 
It's a great opportunity just to get into God's word and see the different translations. There's different Bible reading plans. You can do them as a group within your family, however it may be. It's a great tool. There's also Right Now Media that is free to you as a church. It's like Christian Video's uh, YouTube store that is all there for you and for your family. There's uh, adult videos, marriage videos, kids' videos, you name it. All you have to do is just, you can go on our website and sign up, or if you just fill on your Connect card, YouVersion app, or Right Now Media, we will help you get connected with either of those resources. Those are some great resources to help you personally invest in your relationship with Jesus. But it all starts there. You have to invest in your relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you need to talk to somebody about where your relationship is at. Maybe you've never even started a relationship with Jesus. You don't even know what this all means. You don't even know what it means for you personally or what to do from here. We want to help you in that journey. We want to help you identify what are those key next steps to help you in your journey and your relationship with Jesus, to have the best relationships in your life. Because if you make this right, I promise you all these relationships will come together. They will come together. And if you need to talk to somebody about your relationships of where you're at, we ask you, if you are in-house, you can stop by the Engage Impact that's at the back of the auditorium. Or if you're online, you can see right now, you can talk to the host, and they will help you identify ways that you can get connected. You can talk to somebody about where your relationship is at. But identify today how you can take a stronger step in investing your relationship with Jesus. Because when you do, you will see the journey begin of more blessings in the relationships in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you. We thank you because you have gone before us in so many great ways. And right now in this moment, Lord Jesus, may we just experience you. Lord, we love you and we praise you for who you are. And Lord God, right now I pray for every relationship that's, that's uh, represented in this room and online. And may, Lord, may you just help us to make the right choices. May we make wise choices. May we strive to do good. May we walk in empathy and humility. And may we strive to invest in our relationship with you. And that you just may be the God of every relationship in our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen.